0: I'm Tom Ferguson with Ferguson Ranch in Brenham, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State.
2: Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've gotta do is jump on in with me and buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a very short time to get a farm bill done. In fact, it needs to be done by September 30th. Is that really possible with divided government in Washington? We'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: When we look at various things that impact farmers' budgets, this year the big story could be interest rates. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
4: Texas cotton farmers have new technology available for the 2023 planting season. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on the first of its kind cotton biotechnology trait to fight unwanted
0: pests, just ahead on Texas Ag Today. The Coastal Bend area dodged the big ice storm that hit most of Texas, but we're still in need of moisture. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A new farm bill has to be passed by September 30th, or we could be looking at an extension of the current bill. So is that enough time to get the bill done, especially with a divided Congress? Texas A&M's Agriculture and Food Policy Center co-director Bart Fisher.
5: You know, I think uh, you know. M- my gut is always to go in-, in a divided Congress that it can make it more difficult to get-, to get it done, particularly when you're talking about the razor-thin margins we're facing right now. And so one of the tough questions for leadership is going to be, you know, and it's it's tough for any, regardless of whether Republicans or Democrats are in charge, it's do you find, you know, when you look at the House side, to get anything passed, you need 218 votes. It's just a matter of counting those votes and where they come from. And so do you take those 218 out of the middle or do you try to take them out of your own, your own conference? And so... Um, we don't know yet which route we're going to go certainly there's a lot of Democrats who support farm bills and Republicans I think the big wild card is the is the snap program
2: the snap or food stamp program continues to grow and that could make this the first ever trillion dollar farm bill
5: and we just don't know what impact that's going to have on the debate the last two farm bills there was a huge interest in making reforms to the snap program that didn't materialize and so I think that's gonna that's by far going to be the biggest factor at play uh, in Terms of, of how easy it will be to get
2: this farm bill done. Improving the farm safety net is a top priority for most farm groups, but Fisher says that will take a lot of money. And if that money can't be found, he can see a situation where we just extend the current farm bill. We are into the worst part of winter right now, and Texas cattle producers are getting their herds through the winter with tight hay supplies. One of those is Larry Joyner with T.C. Cattle Company in Angelina County in East Texas. He says he went into the winter knowing things would be tight here in February.
6: I actually only got one cutting because I had to use my hay pasture. I turned the cows in on it, and I got half the hay that I normally get, and uh, the, the cattle are going to have to take a diet cut, and we're going to have to eat beans and weenies like everybody else, so.
2: And Joyner says he did not plant any winter pasture this year. Not this year. Uh,
6: the grass was I uh, should have, but prices have gotten so high. You know, we're trying to cut corners, and uh, uh, alfalfa's gone up from twenty dollars a bale for a three-string bale to, to thirty dollars a bale. So, uh, and the grass hay not that good a quality. So we're just uh, we're doing what we have
2: to. With recent rains in his part of Texas, Joyner hopes to sell a lot of replacement cattle this coming year as cow herds get rebuilt. Interest rates are causing headaches for Texas farmers as they plan for the year ahead. James Hunt reports from Amarillo.
3: As we talked about yesterday, with a little less pressure from input costs than they experienced last year and good prices for their product right now, Corn farmers in the Texas High Plains are looking at a season ahead with good potential for making profits. But there is one thing that is putting a big burden on those who grow corn and other crops. As David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers pointed out in my conversation with him, action taken by the Federal Reserve over the past year is weighing pretty heavily on our farmers right now.
6: When we look at what interest rates for operating loans have done, you know, we're just about twice as high as we were on general operating loans for interest, potentially still going to be going up. And on our farms, that's a big factor that adds into their cost. And I know I hear a lot of young farmers talking about man, I went to the bank and they were wanting six or seven or eight percent on my operating notes or on a new piece of equipment or whatever they're having to do. Some of us old guys say, well, you know, we started out many years ago, we might have been operating at 18%, but, you know, a 5% or 6% increase in the cost of interest on multi-million dollar operating loans turns into many dollars. And that's a big factor we're facing this time, you know, we hear about consumer inflation, but. On the farm, the interest is one of our biggest expense inflation factors that we're seeing coming in for this year that's different from the past
2: year.
3: Once again, that was David Gibson with Texas Corn Producers. Coming up in our report tomorrow, we'll bring you the story of a local producer who happens to be a first-generation farmer. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Texas cotton farmers will have new pest control technology available for the 2023 growing season. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at the new trait.
4: My guest from uh, New Orleans is Lindsay Battle. She is a bear trait marketing and launch lead for regional crops. Lindsay, a full commercialization of Thrive On technology in the United States just in time for the 2023 cotton planting season. How will this new trait help Texas cotton farmers this upcoming growing season?
7: We're so excited to announce the commercialization of ThriveOn technology. Right now, there's just constant pressure on growers to stay ahead of pests, and tarnished plant bugs and thrips have really become some of the major cotton pests that are negatively impacting yield. So, ThriveOn is going to be our industry's first biotech trait to provide season-long protection against these pests, and it can actually help reduce the need of some insecticide applications. It's going to give growers the edge against these pests. It's going to allow flexibility in how they manage their crop. And it's also going to provide growers peace of mind throughout the season.
4: And certainly a stronger start to the cotton plants and improved yield potential, correct?
7: Absolutely.
4: This economic impact of these detrimental pests uh, certainly has uh, put a dent in the U.S. cotton farming over the years.
7: According to some data from Mississippi State, in 2001 on their annual crop loss report estimating that thrips and tarnished plant bugs cost growers a combined 70 million dollars in yield losses and so having a technology like this in the market especially one that's built in is going to be a huge game changer for our growers any growers out there interested in growing the technology they can contact their local dealer
4: that is lindsay battle with bear crop science I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The coastal bend dodged the big ice storm that hit most of Texas recently, but Harvey Buring says the area still needs moisture.
0: Well, the lower coastal bend missed out on the brunt of the freezing and icy weather conditions that blanketed much of our state at the end of January and the first few days of February. But our area did receive only some cloudy, cooler conditions that had four or five misty days that finally resulted in a little more than two-tenths of an inch of moisture in most locations farmers in the area have their fields in good condition for planting and of course typically growers in the coastal bend begin putting in corn seed during the early part of february but that won't be the case this year valentine day proves to be a possible cold day, and another cold snap hitting Texas, so in all likelihood, planting activities in the coastal bend will not take place until after the third week of February this year. Livestock producers have had to increase their supplemental feeding since the early part of February, and hay reserves are holding out fairly well since There wasn't a great demand on winter feeding activities during most of December. Farmers in the area are hoping for some serious rainfall before planting time starts. Well, at least another inch or so would make conditions optimum for getting seeds germinated and our crop off to a good start. Meanwhile, in the San Antonio area, the livestock show is underway. And three-week run of the livestock show provides a lot of opportunities for 4-H and FFA members, and we want to wish all of them from around the state the best of luck as they bring their projects to the major shows and compete for top honors. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring.
8: When black bears come into human spaces in far west Texas, relocating them is sometime an option, but it does not seem to be an effective form of mitigating that conflict. I'm Jessica Domal and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And new research may have found a cost-effective way of preventing EPM in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas
2: Ag Today. EPM is a common neurological disease in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says new research may have found a cost-effective way of preventing it. EPM is
9: caused by the protozoal organism Sarcocystis neurona. Young horses, or those that are stressed by hauling or high-intensity exercise, are more susceptible to the disease than other horses due to decreased immunity. Research on prevention of this disease is difficult because all horses that are exposed to the disease do not get sick. In fact, over 70% of the horses in Texas are likely positive on the blood test for EPM, and yet most of these horses never get sick. Researchers have even purposely fed horses this protozoal organism to try to cause disease, and it generally does not work. Ideally, to test the prevention of a disease, you give the horse the prevention and then expose the horse to the disease to see if the horse gets sick. Unfortunately, with EPM, the horse does not always get sick anyway, so it's difficult to determine if a preventative therapy is effective. One method is to determine the levels of medication in the blood and compare that to the known amount of drug that is required to inhibit the infective organism and this was recently performed with the product Protozil. Protozil is the tray name of Diclazoril that is approved by the Food and Drug Administration for treatment of EPM, giving the medication once a day on the feed for 28 days. This study found that giving healthy horses Diclazoril only once a week at the label dosage was 130 times higher than the level required to inhibit the organism. Because of this finding, giving Diclazoril once a week could prevent EPM infection. However, a larger study will be required to determine if this once-weekly dosage truly prevents this disease. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm
2: Bureau Radio Network. Relocating black bears that come in contact with humans in West Texas is a common option, but Jessica Domal tells us in today's wildlife report that it hasn't been very effective.
8: After years of declining black bear populations in Texas, we are starting to see more of them in the far western portion of the state. The Borderlands Research Institute at Sul Ross State University has been working with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and landowners to trap some of these bears and collar them so that we can learn more about them. TPWD is working with landowners in the area to take action to hopefully reduce future human-bear conflict. Dr. Amanda Veals-Dutt, postdoctoral research specialist at the Borderlands Research Institute, says relocating the bears is not
10: effective. One of our collared bears got into dumpsters at a restaurant in the kind of Terlingua area. We worked with Texas Parks and Wildlife to capture that bear and then relocate him to Black Gap Wildlife Management Area, so public land, not terribly far away, but far enough away that we felt. He wouldn't be in the midst of conflict anymore. In about a week's time, he moved the thirty miles back, and he settled right back into where he had been.
8: Since relocation does not seem to be effective, doctor Vils Dutt says they hope that the effective path forward is on the ground mitigation with landowners.
10: We've been working with the communities in Terlingua to get bear-proof dumpsters implemented. While we're waiting for those bear-proof dumpsters to come in, we've actually been working on temporary strategies, and so that has been involving slightly electrifying current dumpsters so that they keep bears out of them.
8: She notes the electrical fencing is not strong enough to seriously injure the bears, but it is enough to deter them. For the Texas Farm Bureau, radio network i'm jessica Domel.
2: it's time to check the markets jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock cotton grain energy and financial markets coming up next keep it right here on texas ag today texas
1: farm bureau has served farm families in rural texas for nearly 90 years We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
8: The cattle complex traded mixed on Wednesday due to a number of factors. As for live cattle, on Wednesday morning there was some uncertainty due to low volume that picked up around lunch. February live cattle up 40 cents to 162.55. April live cattle down 7 cents to 164.60. June live cattle down 2 cents to 160.20. Feeder cattle traded higher on Wednesday as corn and soybeans traded lower. March feeder cattle up 67 cents to one hundred eighty-seven thirty two. March feeder cattle up twenty five cents to one hundred ninety-one fifteen. May feeder cattle up seven cents to one hundred ninety-four ninety-seven. Boxed beef was higher. Choice was up three dollars and sixty-six cents to two hundred seventy-five seventy-two. Select was up two dollars eighty-three cents to two hundred sixty-one. 61 now let's check those livestock auctions we're walking the pens with larry marble
9: riley rhodes is on the line with us riley sells in three rivers on monday riley how was the sale
11: uh, real good, Larry uh, continues to be really active uh, on you know all classes, especially the front end of the cattle. Uh, ended up with one thousand five hundred fifty-seven head today. Cow market was uh, steady with last week. Had the same uh, rail figures. Uh, had a few pairs sold from a thousand up to fourteen fifty. Uh, not many, but a few bred cows. Brought from eight fifty up to thirteen hundred. Uh, like I said, packer cows were steady money. Ninety-four to dollar two on your high yielding cows. Eighty-eight to ninety-six on your breakers. Fifty-two to seventy-four on your canners. Packer Bulls, kinda of same story. Had a lot of bulls today, dollar four to dollar ten on the high yielding bulls, eighty eight to dollar four on your low to medium yielding bulls. Uh, lots of activity on the front end, the lightweight Cattle today, a dollar ninety-four to two thirty-eight on your two to three weight choice steers. There heifer mates one eighty two to one ninety six, three to four weight choice steers, two hundred four to two forty six, heifer mates one seventy to one ninety two, four to five weight choice steers one ninety to two twenty six, heifer mates one seventy two to one ninety-four, five to six weight choice steers, one eighty-two up to two ten, heifer mates one sixty-four to ninety. Six to seven weight choice steers, one seventy to one eighty six, heifer mates one fifty two to one sixty eight, and the seven to eight weight cattle, uh, your choice steers one fifty up to one seventy. And the heifer mates, 146 to 162. So got along real well. Um, you know, there's there's a pretty good spread in the front end of the cattle and uh, in your crossbreds, you know, the planer cattle. Uh, but, uh, and everything's uh, lots of demand on just about everything, you know, sold real well today. Well,
9: tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next Monday's sale in Three Rivers.
11: 361-813-6650 is myself. 361-786-2553 is office. Webpage liveoaklivestock.com.
9: Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today.
8: All right. Thank you, Larry. Lean hogs traded lower Wednesday, losing some of those gains that we saw earlier in the week. April lean hogs down 75 cents to 86.50. May lean hogs down 35 cents to 95.70 block cheese fell a penny on wednesday to $1.88. 88 barrel cheese fell 1.75 cents to a dollar 53 that is the lowest it has been since november of 2021 february class 3 milk up a penny to 1794 100 weight march class 3 milk down four cents to 1770 100 weight we saw triple digit losses in the cotton market on wednesday due to recession fears weak demand and the news that much of the textile industry in Turkey was damaged or destroyed by that recent earthquake. March cotton down 285 points to 8255. May cotton down 283 points to 8287. December cotton down 207 points to 83 even. Corn was lower Wednesday as some rain is expected in Argentina, which could be good for their corn crop. March corn down six to 676 and a quarter. May corn down 5 and 3 quarters to 674. September corn down 2 and 3 quarters to 610 and 3 quarters. March hard red wheat fell 11 and a half Wednesday to 8.94 and a half. May hard red wheat down 12 and a quarter to 883. July hard red wheat down 11 to 870. March natural gas down 10 cents to 246. April natural gas down 10 cents to 255. March crude oil fell 48 cents Wednesday to 78.58. April crude oil down 42 cents to 78.82 a barrel. The Dow fell 80 points Wednesday to 34,008. The S&P 500 down two points to 4,133. The NASDAQ up 65 points to 12,025. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmol and I hope to see you then.